Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I don't like rushing into a review. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss The Blackout, also known as The Blackout Invasion Earth, which released in 2019, written by Ilya Kulikov and directed by Igor Baranov. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows a group of soldiers in Russia who have found themselves in the one safe spot in the world from an alien invasion. The entire world has reached a blackout. As we see that the only survivors are left in Russia, they start to build a defense to try to stop this alien invasion. So this was originally intended to be a TV series, mm. yet for whatever reason, neither the director, the writers, or the studio ended up either losing faith in the project okay. or decided that the project was too good or so good that it should be a movie instead. Yeah. And it is a little bit confusing when trying to, to piece together where... Does this come before the series? Does it come after the series? Does the series come after this? Like, it's a little bit difficult to figure it out. And in the world's current state of affairs, it's even more difficult to track down. Right. But yeah, this is a six-part, I believe, episodes that yeah. got truncated or edited down into a movie and then didn't get a follow-up movie but got broken down into episodes into TV form, uh. which did air at, at some point. But also, the original title for the film uh, was The Blackout, yet the, it eventually got the subtitle when it got redistributed in UK and America to mm. Invasion Earth, which then goes, oh, okay, this is an alien invasion movie. Whereas the movie <laughs> itself, will, for the first hour, will let you try to guess as to what in the world is going on. But giving the film that subtitle, you like it takes away all the mystery uh, from <laughs> yeah. the film, which, you know, it's a little bit confusing. But at the same time, watching the film, you're like, um, where's the aliens at? Yeah. Now, we do get a real good setup to the film. You know, we get to see these this military unit in the dead of night. We got all these laser beams being focused into the darkness. Yeah. And we're waiting for whatever is there to, to reveal itself. But then we cut back a month earlier as we now get introduced to all of the characters that set up the world that we're about to embark into. Yeah, this... that That's the that's the feel that you get from this movie. Like, like Gary said, because it was originally a tv idea which kind of makes me think of battlestar galactica how they released that as a movie first and then turned it back into a tv series released well, it was it a, a mini series yeah, yeah yeah but you know what i mean i mean they 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 created it in one form first to try to sell it to a bigger market which i can see them doing this 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 would have done well on netflix i suppose and and should have really probably just been released on it and probably will be by the time this review goes up as well um but the 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 feel of this movie is very TV for me. Like, like I said, this like this whole opening. The, you know, the action sequences work really, really well. And this film does have a bit of a budget, but then I mean, you said it was only three million dollars. It one seems point. to be between three and four million dollars or thereabout. Yeah, which is like absolutely nothing in comparison to some mega blockbusters that we see, but. We have the soldiers, we have them staring out into the middle of some, uh, into darkness, looking at something, something's going to attack them. We then, you know, we turn up in Moscow of the future, 
Moscow of present day. I'm not entirely it's, sure. It's, yeah, it's not the not too distant future. You can tell by some of the tech, like the drones or the things that well, fly yeah, around. Well, yeah, it's like Blade Runner Moscow. Kind of is, yeah. You yeah. know, there's there's Amazon drones flying everywhere, dropping off deliveries. There are holograms. Like, dare I say, has Moscow been westernized? Not sure, but we're we're introduced to our first character, Alexei Chadov, who plays Oleg. And Lukiria Ilyashenko playing Elena. Um, now, like I said, those mo- their their names really well, easy I suppose for uh, translating Russian. But the film doesn't actually tell you who they are initially. You just have this introduction of this guy out on a date with this girl, talking about how he's got a bit of money, but he works for the military, and then they're doing it, and you're like, well, smooth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do get brief introductions to to these characters, and then there's other characters that we get introduced to as as the film develops. But uh, we do get uh, to see the the morning after their encounter, yeah, uh, the the blackout occurring, and we get to see the globe and all the lights going out around the planet. Now there is a really cool shot as well. We follow this plane. Yeah. It looked like a like a futuristic Concorde. Yes, uh, yes. A hypersonic jet essentially and uh, all the crew pass out and we watch the the pl- the plane tumble down somewhere in Paris. Yeah. And that there is all we need, all we get really as visuals to let us know the world's now gone gone dark yeah and we get panicked news reporters explaining like there is now a ring of life a circle of life where everything outside of that circle is now quarantined we don't know what's out there who's out there we've lost contact with all the other governments all the people all broadcast like somehow this area still has power luckily um but uh, it's then obviously a scramble as the alarms go off and the military call to try and make a defensive perimeter in case whatever's out in the dark well, this, coming for them. Well, this is it. They they've sent patrols out initially to obviously, you know, you see the kind of the the bubble, I suppose, around Moscow, you know, and around this section. There's of a few other connecting Russia. countries around as yeah, well. Yeah, but it's literally kind of just like a dome, and it makes me kind of think of like you know, Village of the Dam. Do you remember how that was kind of just like a blanket over the town? Everybody just collapsed. You know, the, when they do actually send a couple of guys out there, they, they find some people, what, in the supermarket, don't they? And they're not damaged or anything. They're just, they're just dead. Yeah, they, they send out patrols or, or scouts to try and figure out what's going on. They also explain that they've sent out entire battalions of tanks and, yeah. and troops that have just never returned. Now, like I said, one of the problems I had with the film was just how there were, like, long sections of just... Deep, enthralling discussions, I suppose they should be. And then just a quick glimpse of something that was, you know, weird. Like the tank battalion part. We get told that they've sent uh, this tank battalion out, 70 tanks and a bunch of infantry, and they've lost contact with it. Now, we've not actually seen any of this, because literally we've just been following our few little main characters walk around doing their things, preparing. When we do finally get to see that shot where they're on the convoy and he kind of looks out on this vast vista of the road, there is just, appears to be something that's smashed through the buildings and the tanks are all destroyed. Now, you don't initially go, oh yeah, that's the tank battalion. You go, holy shit, what the fuck's that? And the movie goes, nope, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, we do also get introduced to another character as well, Yura. 
who we find is a man who's looking after his ailing mother. Yeah. She's on medication. She's, you know, forget, forgetting everything. Uh, but he gets conscripted. He gets sent a letter saying, you know, you're you're eligible. You're able. You're being hired. You're going to be part of this military force now. Yeah. As well, the pickings are very slim right now. Um, and so he gets conscripted in. And he ends up sort of having this bond with Oleg. And so those two kind of serve as, as your primary leads in the yeah. film. And it's not long before we do catch up to where the film started us out with the entire military, with a small battalion at this gap in the wall with their lasers pointed in the dark. Yeah. Now, visually, a lot of the character stuff and drama stuff does feel quasi-TV, quasi-movie. Yeah, yeah, like there's yeah. An, it's an odd blend there. Uh, but when we get the exterior, massive CGI shots, I'm like, you know what, for the budget... It's actually really good for television, yeah. but subpar for a movie. So that's kind of where it fits. Yeah. But it is one hell of a tense moment. You know, it keeps firing the flares into the dark and we're still not seeing anything. We're getting the motion tracker and the lieutenant commander is just like, we're getting multiple life signs heading towards you at yeah. 20 miles per hour. Although their heat signatures are much larger than humans. So could this be the aliens? Yeah. You're like, whoa, what, what, what's coming? <laughs> And it's bears. It's bears. Bears. A herd of angry, charging bears. Like, do you get herds of bears? Like, well, yeah, but a, not in, a shit ton of bears. Not in the sheer number we see here. Yeah. It's like, wow, like, oh, clearly something has caused this. Now, the attack is over very quickly because yeah, we're following, yeah. I think it's Yura. Or Oleg, I couldn't tell which one I it was. I think it's at this point. Oleg who gets injured, and and Euro is the one who saves him. Yeah, because the moment he gets taken out, we get taken out of the fight, and we get brought around to the aftermath. Yeah. Once he comes to, and they crane the bear off him, and we, again we get that that stunning pan shot yeah, as we see the stunning. corpses. <laughs> you say stunning. I mean, like it it, it was. Like we said, for budget-wise, for for what it was doing, it, it, it paid off the story. But I, I kind of felt bad because I'm just like, man, I wish I'd seen the battle. You know, we 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 initially just get taken out really quickly, and then it's just like like a TV episode. That's where the episode would have ended, ending, yeah. You know, and then it would have come back next week. Oh, he's alive! And look at the herd of bears! And you're like, oh, Game of Thrones, you cheeky bastards! But we're you 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 have to have these two main characters as your leads. Uh, to anchor because once they put their helmets on, once they're all armored up, and once it's all turned nighttime, I couldn't really follow who the fuck was who. You know, there were some guys actually as well in kind of like mech suit carrying like heavy machine guns. Control. Well, they were controlling the turret guns. Well, there was one standing on the stairway. I remember in one of the big battle sequences, and I thought it just looked like a really cool suit that I'd never seen. Some of the ideas were very futuristic, but the movie. Didn't emphasize there was no time date of where this was or if this was future tech. Yeah, like the APCs and tanks uh, looked modern day. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the battle suits and weapons and the flying drones were like future tech. So that's why it's weird to place it time wise. Yeah, yeah. But once Oleg is injured, he gets sent back um, to kind of recuperate in in Moscow, and we kind of follow Yura as well. And he he starts to hook up with the press lady that's been assigned to his his um, small squad, which, you know, is very kind of interesting as, as we said in the time and day that we are right now where like I'm seeing in this movie that the, 
the Russian military want to record everything going on through the press and want everybody to see it because they want some kind of record of what is going on because they have no idea what the hell is going on. And you immediately get this flick of going to this strange, I don't know, military research place where you meet a character called Sancha who is psychically communicating with another character called Zenya, who's a holographic projection at one point. And so you're just like, whoa, hold on a minute. I've got two kind of love stories going on because Oleg as well, who once he's been injured, it turns out that the girl he had sex with at the beginning is an army medic. Yeah. And so they're going to start hooking up, aren't they? You know, because obviously that's our love interest. And then we've got this second love interest. Now we've got the psychics and the psychic aliens. Yeah, and I will say that the uh, the the love interest angles did feel a little bit forced, a little bit bit ham fisted in there. Well, imagine if it's for a TV, yeah. uh, if it's for a TV episodic adventure, and it's broken up over like six or seven weeks, you'd want to see where those love interests go. Yeah, you know, it just didn't feel quite natural enough. It just felt very rapid. It happened very quickly, and maybe you know the whole. You know, it's been a month that we did not really got to spend with some of these characters. I guess the population being wiped out. Uh, and, and the film does give some kind of commentary on this. We get to see some of those news broadcasts where where people are not being given all the information. They don't know what's gone on in the rest of the world. And there's riots breaking out. There's looting breaking out. You yeah. know, uh, the, what's left of humanity is breaking down uh, anyway. Uh, and the military are trying to hold it together still trying to battle the unknown and still no sign of the aliens yet. But yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we do follow Sasha, uh, who is talking to this this in, invisible person. You know, he, we figure out when the other scientists come in or the military come in, like, there's no one else in the there's room with you. There's no one in the room, yeah. Uh, but it's not long before we are then also introduced to a character called Id, uh, who yeah. wears this massive collar, which covers most of his face. And he turns up talking to Sasha and he's like, no, no actually, I'm not, I'm not a hologram. I'm actually, uh, here, let me take this collar off. I'm an alien. Yeah. Now, he'd attacked the the squads earlier, but he'd managed to escape. And it was a bit questionable for me at that point because they tr they had shot at him. And well, it was well, hard to know what they shot at because it was just a running silhouette. Well, if it had been um, a, a person, and we'll get to what they do, do to the people in a, in a moment. Um, if it had been a person, that person would have just died. But we do actually see that Ed or... Ra, because spoilers, there's there's two of them. Um, they they can take full on bullets to the faces, and they will just keep going. They would they would just, they would just ignore the damage. But yeah, so it, it reveals himself as this alien, and he's talking to a uh, uh, Sasha or Sancha at this military place, and he kind of reveals himself to the rest of the humans and says, "Look, okay, keep up here as well." Like, 200,000 years ago, I came to this planet with another alien um, ahead of a fleet of our species because we want to take over the Earth. But we made you, or you were here, and so we've kind of watched you grow and tried to control you so that we can control the species when we initially turn up with our fleet. Yeah, he explains that the human race are genetic offspring of them, and like in mankind was made in God's image, so we were made in the image of these aliens, which are to us gods. Yeah. But the the humans were handicapped. 
they were created so that they wouldn't have the the psychic powers of our, our creators yeah and so our creators have left the human race to flourish on this planet however we weren't quite flourishing because because we had our psychic powers removed humankind had a penchant for war yeah and so Ra brothers. tried to create religion to, to, to placate the human race. However, the humans started to fight in 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 for for religion and for the different gods that popped up everywhere. So Ra lost control. Yeah. Um, and now it is here to try to uh, to uh, let the humans know what the plan was what? and to warn them that the Armada is turning up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. left it a bit freaking close, didn't <laughs> yeah, you, mate? Like. That's what I was about to say. Like, oh, we've been watching you. Well, it doesn't even say we've been watching you. We've just decided now to enact our plot to try to obviously because the ship's going to be here tomorrow. Um, so Ra has taken control. Ra has mentally taken control of the entire world's population. There and, was a... and it has protected Russia. Well, there was a radioactive burst that that uh, the ship that had been in space or whatever or Ra had uh, had had burst out uh, across the planet, which killed everybody. It was the idea was to wipe out all of the humans straight away so that the other aliens could turn up. But I was like, so why did you need the planet filled with humans in the first place? Oh, that's because you want to mind control them all so that they can be your servants to help rebuild the empire when the rest of the aliens get here. But they're dead. But but uh, but, but, but to... Id decided that um, he was going to wait to deploy this chemical, this this thing, when the moon was at a certain uh, certain orbit, so that it would shield a circle of the planet from this radiation, so that those humans inside would survive. So there would be a resistance right. to when these aliens turned up. So we you know, we have Id and Ra, who are now opposed because Id is like actually it's a mistake to kill everybody or brainwash you all. Yeah. So at this at this time as well, like the military has sent out like seven squads into different regions around this circle of life, I suppose they call it, um, to find out what's out there and establish a kind of like a quarantine zone. And I mean, it is kind of weird. Like like I said, the 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 human race has died or been knocked out or blacked out or whatever. Um, nobody's affected outside the circle now once this stuff has passed. But anybody out there can get up and just be alive again or aren't really dead because some of the people that, you know, you don't really see any, anybody for ages. And then when they wake up one morning, you know, they go, oh, look, the supermarket that we walked past last night, which was closed, is now open. So they go down there and they set a trap and a character comes in to trying to find some food gets injured they take him back to their little hotel room that they're kind of you know squatting in and he actually attacks the squad stabs him through the under the chin with a knife yeah, yeah and it's brutal and then they gun him down so i was under the illusion that that person was brainwashed blacked out controlled but rob probably released him to infiltrate to go in so maybe this character then wouldn't be aware well, of this, what's going on and then all of a sudden got mind controlled again and forced to start killing well this is it because now we get like some of the biggest action sequences we're going to see in this movie other than the the final action sequences where the population around the circle comes and attacks the squads 
And we have this whole moment as well, which is quite nice between Yura and the press lady. He explains to her, like, look, you know, if, if it, this all goes to fucking shit, here's a flare gun. You fire the purple flare to tell them that we're under attack and if they can send help. And you fire the red one to say, we're fucking dead. Don't bother. You know, and the press lady, you know, I felt for the press lady at this point because it was quite a, it was quite a, it, it was a, a weird reflection compared to the medic, you know, who was with Oleg because I kind of felt like she could handle herself. You know, she trained for this stuff. She was there, you know, when they come under attack, you get the sequence where Oleg is trying to protect her while she's trying to fix all the injured because it was really quite brutal. The headshots and people exploding, you know, they, the horde that attacks the soldiers are not a mindless horde or don't act like a mindless horde. They act like a coordinated attack force. We, well, as we know, it's a, it's a hive mind, you know, so they are yeah. all being controlled, even though they probably still have the reflexes and memories. They're still being controlled into how to use all of these weapons. Well, funnily enough, I mean, we, we realised this after we've watched it. It was It's being drip-fed drip fed to you slowly over the course of the movie where you go, oh, that's why that is happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, I mean, at the same time, like... Once a lot of the squads have been taken out, you know, they decide that they're going to get one last convoy together and it's going to head out and we're going to send Id and Xenia uh, together. They're, uh, they've found the location of Ra. And so if they kill Ra, they take the control mechanism that he has. Well, yeah, Id explains that if, if they kill Ra, he can take the device and then knock out everybody so that there's no more opposing force would it, would, this was kind of foggy at this point when they made this plan to go out that one of the female um army officials she was really kind of against him she didn't like him at all and i'm thinking well yeah he's a well, fucking, it's an alien it's a weird fucking alien just turned <laughs> up there's some weird shit going on but the way the movie also tries to explain him by him saying oh yeah we're gonna go stop ra i was like and what what's next like, I don't, like, I'm, I'm kind of stood there and as the audience member looking around at these people thinking, I don't know about the rest of you, but I want to know what's going to happen next week, not just what's going to happen in the next 14 hours. So, Ed, if you please, what the fuck, oh, we're just going to go stop Ra. Okay. And he, they, he managed, they, they, he, he's using uh, Sasha to open a, uh, a psychic link with him because he was on the fringe of the circle of life when, yeah. when, the, when the blackout happened. He's kind of got a tenuous link to Ra. So he gets him to, to quickly doodle and he draws the skyscraper that Ra is like managing this invasion from. Yeah. And so uh, that's when they know that's where they need to go. And when they do deploy, the HQ that's left behind has one final hurrah as we watch all of these missiles go flying overhead. All of yeah. the miniguns trying to shoot down the missiles, but it's in, in vain as the entire HQ goes up in one giant fireball. Well, this is it. They explain it as well. Like, like Sasha has opened up this mind link, and because of that, now Ra knows where they are. So Id leaves Sasha at the base and says, no, you just wait here. We'll be back. And then as they're driving away, the, the female army official's like, where is he? And it's just like, look, if we took him with us, those missiles would have hit, would have hit us. And I, but I was sat there like, so they... So Ra's got all this control and can use all these different people to, you know, use these weapons to take out a fucking military base. And yet when it really comes down... Like, I know it's... I know this is how the movie's structured, but it just... It felt weird... 
Like, like the, I knew the victory was coming because it was a TV-based. Um, but it was going to be on such an epic movie level that, like, this next sequence where the convoy is driving down while thousands of people are running at it, trying to stop, and they're just throwing themselves at the tires. Well, it takes the the bombers dropping off of buildings to take out one of the the one of the convoys uh, APCs. Yeah, and only the other two make it to the the skyscraper. Because because as we're going through up up to this point. We're following the story of Oleg and, and his kind of love interest. And you're like, oh, I really hope that these guys survive. But then on the other side, you've got Yura, whose attitude is just like, look, maybe we should all fucking die. Because he his, you know, his life hasn't been that great. But he's trying to kind of have something with this press girl who looks absolutely terrified and wishes that she hadn't gotten up this morning. <laughs> you know? And like we said, it is kind of like, well, I'll just sit here kind of weirdly whistling like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, somebody, are these innocent people coming at us? Are these people already dead? Well, yeah, they're all dead. Are are they? Are they? They're just... mind controlled. He does say that they're dead and there's no, there's no coming back from what the radiation did to them. Right. So killing Ra and it just taking control of them because... They fight their way to the skyscraper, and the, I mean, you get the major who we've kind of been following. He's you know runs the major battalion. Him standing there by the army P, uh, APC, just firing like hell. You've got the sniper and the Neef, you know, firing like hell. And they they fight their way to the top. Now, Id has speculated that he just needs Yura to help him fight Ra. Well, he says he's taking two soldiers plus Yura with mm. him. And those are the ones that go up to the, to the roof first. He tells, he indicates Yura to go and attack Ra. And Ra throws him off the side of the building. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. then Id and Ra have this fight. <laughs> They've kind of got like glowing fists. They move at, at like super speeds. Or the way it's edited or filmed would suggest that they're, you know this kind of combat is of an alien. Yeah. And, uh, and it's... it's, it's it's a bit cheap looking, but it gets the point across that these aren't humans that are fighting. Id manages to get the get over onto Ra and rip the this electronic component out of his chest. Yeah. Enough for then Oleg to to or it's Oleg or Yura, one of them, <laughs> drops the grenade in his chest and blows him up, dead. Yeah. I'm like, is he robot? No, there was flesh under there. I don't know, was it the suit part robotic? But for all intents and purposes, Ra's dead. Yeah. And now the rest of the squadron that were being overrun down below, the, the commander sends everybody else up as this truck filled with gasoline plows right into them, wiping all of them out. And we just see thousands of, of of drones essentially running into the building whereas the rest of them get to the get to the top of the tower yeah and here's where the final confrontation happens where it's just like okay now i have the power now my armada is going to arrive we see the ship dropping out of the sky and he's like you know what uh i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna tell these people or, or actually, no. He tells. He then tells the humans, like, do what you were bred to do. What's in your nature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to kill all these aliens. Yeah, that's and it. And they'll yeah. worship me as your god. Yeah. And that's what causes the our our our, our humans to start infighting with each other. Because that's the, that's the thing. Like, I've been following this movie in these two char- male lead characters who 
I haven't actually felt like have been brothers from the very start, but the movies kind of drip fed me that they should be working together, you know, for the sake of humanity. But they get to the rooftop and, you know, it is explained it like, look, this is what I'm going to do. And Yura kind of agrees with me. And Yura's like, yeah, I kind of do. So I'm going to fight you, Oleg. And the two of them have this fight which completely justifies what it has been saying about how humans are violent. You know, they work together all the way up to this point to try to stop the world. And then as soon as they had to make a choice, they just started beating the fuck out of each other. And I was just like, really? And and the, the alien ship turning up, it just felt like one big, massive, huge moment followed by another, followed by another, which would lead to a kind of cliffhanger ending, I suppose. Because they... they, they finally deal with it and it's it's Xenia I believe it is the the yeah. holographic projection boy from the beginning um who realizes that it was evil all this while long and he throws him off of a building the two of them fall and they crash and it is dead for all intents and purposes and they see the alien ship come down and Eurus kind of sit there injured because Oleg defeated him and Oleg's just like I'm I'm not going to finish you. You're just going to stay there. Me and Elenia and the press lady, you know, we're just going to go up onto the alien ship. Like, the alien ship comes down and just fucking crashes into the street, which I thought was cool. Like, I wondered yeah. how they were going to get up there first. Well, it lowered a big ramp as well. So I was expecting yeah. the aliens to come out. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, when we go in, and it's a really cool set, CGI set. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we see all the aliens are still in their their their, their hypersleep pods that yeah. they've been in for two hundred thousand odd years, and they realize that there is a timer, and that they are going to start waking up soon. Yeah, so they realize that there's all these pipes, these this glowing ooze, and uh, they end up attacking it with an axe. Yeah, it's which, oxygen. Yeah, which feeds them. So basically, them we watch them die in their pods. Yeah, so they've been desperately try to destroy all of these pipes or just attacking one pipe wipes out an entire nest of them uh, it's a cool moment where they realize that the ship has its own gravity yeah so they get to run all the way around the sides and i didn't quite understand how they were going to get the axe throw all the way across that, so it's like maybe that would have just landed right there. yeah i'm not like i think it would have gone halfway and then it would have dropped yeah so i, I don't know way. but uh Anyway, they end up destroying all of the pods. Uh, they start gunning well, them down. Not all the pods because well, they no. get to one section and they realise that this is the children's section. And they go, oh, wait, stop. We can't kill children. Though we've just wiped out millions of their adult versions. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. There's supposed to be an entire civilization of these aliens coming across. I'm pretty sure Id mentioned an armada of ships that were coming and we've only had the one. Yeah. So maybe, and why did this one land where it landed? Like right here, like conveniently. <laughs> yeah. Like where did all the others land? Have were they not they, landed were yet? They, were they look home, were they all on this ship? Were they homing in on this little green thing that they were using, which was maybe some kind yeah, of like a beacon. But like they see the children, and Oleg just drops his gun, and that's where the movie ends. Well, yeah, we see all the children climbing out of their pods, looking around, like, are we there yet? Yeah. <laughs> Mama, Mama. <laughs> now these aliens are psychic, right? The they're going to know what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, that is where the film ends. And it is, I mean, it is an ending. Mm. Like, it, it, like if, that, if there was no to be continued, if there was no TV series that picks up after this, which I have no idea where the story goes from here. For me, this is where the story ends. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that's also a good, it is an ending where you can 
come up with your own stories. You know, they op- the, the, the world building's been good enough that you can imagine all the possible outcomes from this moment, yeah. this interaction, this this war that's devastated both humans and these aliens that, that created us in the first place. You know, so there's lots of story potential there. And obviously, if you do want to know more, yeah, yeah, you have to watch the series. <laughs> I'll try and find it one day, maybe. I don't know. Ian, what were your favourite scenes? Um, <laughs> mainly just the action sequences. I mean, the the character building was... Um, I want to say it was good, but it just wasn't, it wasn't gripping. This movie didn't really grip me and make me go, hey, everybody shouting off the top of rooftop, you should watch The Blackout. Because, yeah, like we said before we started filming, this, some of the things I'd seen better in other movies, and they're taking over different ideas and throwing it into this one movie, which has moments that make me go, oh, that was that was where it should have ended and then I would have digested what they've just told me and then I'll come back to it. The the battle sequences, you know, like I said, when they were being attacked by the Horde, those were some really cool, brutal sequences where I really felt like I was in there with them. But then at the same time for me, there were some sequences, like when Oleg and uh, Oleg was protecting the, the medic girl during the battle sequence and you could actually feel like you were just behind the cameraman. You know, you were safe behind the cameraman, you know, and and Oleg was in the dangerous situations, but everybody was going to die around him because, you know, he's the hero. Um, like, I loved the, the whole end battle sequence. That was brilliant, you know, from the convoy drive up, smashing through everybody um, to, to the, you know, the final battle sequence on top of the rooftop. Like like we said, the, the, the two guys, um, Ed and Ra, they... They had these weird powers, but they just didn't do anything. So the battle sequence just was rushed. I don't know, <laughs> rushed. You know, was you know, did, like did, did, would the hands have done more damage did, did, to hitting humans? Though we never saw anything happen like that. Um, yeah, just the battle sequences, really. Yeah, they were really memorable, frenetic. Like the camera work felt documentary esque. The firefights were really good. The blood squib explosions. Usually, I have a problem with CGI blood explosions, but they felt pretty good here. Mm. The actors, you know, responded uh, to those hits really quite well. It was uh, very engaging uh, and frenetic. Good, good fight scenes. I, I will say there was one one moment uh, that made me chuckle. It's it's very dark yeah. in its humor. Uh, right, you know, this is close to the end of the film. After the massacre at the bottom of the skyscraper, there's dead bodies everywhere. Yeah, and there's a half turned over wet floor sign, <laughs> dripping with blood. It's just like, oh, that's that's dark. But <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the the sequence right at the beginning of the film setting up for the big bear attacks. Oh yeah! Uh, even though we didn't really attack, get to yeah. see very much of it, uh, I thought it was a very memorable sequence. Uh, all the same, uh, I liked it uh, explaining, like it, uh, giving the exposition essentially, like humans are a virus. That yeah, and and all of the explanation about the aliens, their origins, the human origins, the aliens actually were the ones that built oh, the pyramids I and underwater they, civilizations. Yeah, but I wish there'd been like a flashback. Budget, you know, I know just I looking know. at him, his face, and knowing that he's kind of psychically telling you all of this information. I was like, that's how you save your money. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I I like the explanation. Yeah, it, yeah. it was yeah, because after an hour plus of trying to figure out what's going on and where are the aliens? Yeah, yeah. So it is a little bit disappointing that we only get two aliens for the majority <laughs> of the film, and it's just brainwashed zombie people essentially. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Uh, and I also really liked, yeah, the the final uh, the uh, the final charge through the horde of, of of zombies essentially, and the bombers dropping off the buildings. Very good action scenes. Um, I also like the HQ, even though it's entirely CGI. Yeah, it looked yeah. badass. Yeah, watching those guns firing off into the sky to try and stop the missiles. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, that was it. Really, that was my my favorite scenes. The action scenes. Well, Ian, do you recommend the blackout? Uh, I I want to if you've got like two hours to spend and you want to see something new, maybe new for Russian TV, like. The, the ideas in this film have been done, I think, better in other places. Like the aliens, I, I know it sounds weird, but I'd rather watch Prometheus at the end of the day like than this. Because, mainly because a lot of the build-up of the characters was just your soap opera drama kind of stuff. And so I didn't really get behind any of the characters. The movie made me get behind these two male leads and then also the two female leads you know but by then at that point it's like here's the alien as well and this is what's going on you know they had not really they didn't really have a budget and so you get an hour of nothing filled with an hour of cgi action sequences that really don't lead to anything so it's like you you want to see this film because you want to see what russian cinema can do and i suppose they do what everybody else does Russian. <laughs> I do somewhat recommend The Blackout, as there was enough that worked to make it enjoyable to see it to the end. The sci-fi alien invasion premise has been explored many times in cinema, and so even though Blackout offers nothing new here, the story still felt interesting while depicting a narrative where humans really wouldn't stand a chance against godlike creatures wanting to claim our planet. The effects were, I think, outstanding, especially when you consider the low budget. Great explosions, sets, gore, spaceships, etc. But, you know, not totally convinced on the alien makeup. The combat scenes were intense, well shot and edited with a good pace, very entertaining and engaging. However, the runtime felt overly long, way too much filler and lackluster character development with some okay performances, but it bogs the film down, due in part to the series being truncated into a film. The music or the score was fairly minimalistic and very repetitive mm. and almost annoying, but the sound effects were decent and it packed a punch when needed. Overall, this was a way above average, highly entertaining in places, with an ending that will leave you wanting to find out what happens next in the sequel TV series. It's, I would say, worth a watch, especially for sci-fi fans. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. Oh.